Next on BYUSN, ESPN NFL Draft Insider Mel Kuyper has Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland's draft stock trending down. Is it time for real concern? Plus, what did BYU do Saturday that can carry over and help them in Las Vegas at the WCC tournament later this week? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is the final day of February. On to March tomorrow. I am Spencer Linton. He is our resident Leap Year fan, Dave McCann. Lovely Leap Year. <laughs> have you ever wondered, like, people that have a birthday on February 29th, how they calculate things? Like, what do you do? They're do the you youngest people on the planet. Yeah. Do you celebrate your birthday on February 28th, or do you take it into March 1st? Do you have the option? Do you pick the best weather day? <laughs> if that's the case, you've moved it to tomorrow. Uh, here in the Rocky Mountains. These are the types of thought-provoking questions we bring up early in today's show. That's that's what sets this show apart. And (laughs) and the fact that tomorrow is the beginning of of March Madness where every team in America has a fighting chance. That's why I believe that the tournament does not need to expand. This is a conversation for another day, but really March Madness begins with the beginning of all of the individual conference tournaments. I love that. Every single team has a dream of getting to the big dance, no matter how bad your regular season has been. We're going to talk about BYU's dream today. Indeed. For sure. Coming up on the show, Kaylee Faulkner's here. She just broke her own school record in the pole vault. A pole vaulter is a unique person, and we're going to ask her about some of the choices she's made in her life that have led her <laughs> to the pole vault. Former Cougar Skylar Halford is going to join us. He went 4-2 and two in West Coast Conference tournaments. He'll roll out the keys to success in this kind of format. Plus, it's Top 5 Tuesday, the Top 5 WCC individual performances in BYU history. That's all coming up. First, here are the headlines. And it begins with Mel Kuyper. Just mentioned his name. Told you that the draft stock is trending down for Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland. In his latest mock draft, he has Jaron ranked as the 13th best quarterback available. This is seven spots lower than Kuyper's January 25th mock draft. It's been a month. Why did Jaron drop six spots? Blake Freeland was also listed as the ninth ranked offensive tackle. Is it time to freak out? We'll discuss in a little bit. I just wish Kuyper would put a light on for his little home camera cameos because he's always sitting in the dark talking about stuff. Women's basketball dropped the regular season finale to Portland on Monday, 61-49, but they had their chances. Lauren Gustin capped off her historic season with 24 rebounds, breaking the BYU single-season rebounding record in the process. Cougars faced the winner of Santa Clara and Pepperdine in Friday's second round of the WCC tournament. Both BYU teams playing on Friday as the five seed. That's never happened before. Speaking of rankings, BYU men's volleyball remains number eight in the latest ABCA coaches poll. The Cougars will travel to Arizona this Friday. Huge match with number five Grand Canyon. Mm. Cannot wait. There'll be a lot of BYU fans at that one. Yes, there will. For sure. Women's golf tees off on the second day of the Gunrock Invitational. Cougars are currently tied for second place among the 12 teams. Alicia May Mateo in second place coming in to today's final round. This is a very good golf team that's Big 12 ready. Both the men's and the women's sides playing some really, really high level golf right now. All right, Dave, the snow has spoken (laughs) on the Wasatch Front, which means BYU baseball's game at Utah Valley this afternoon has, shocker, been canceled. What? At the moment, the Cougars still scheduled to host Omaha on Thursday, but snow remains in the forecast 
Mind you, BYU's field has a heater underneath, so it can melt a few inches of snow each hour. Is that enough to convince the teams to play in Provo or maybe they move it elsewhere? We've seen BYU baseball move to St. George when things get kind of crazy up here in early March. Yeah. Don't be surprised that happens. Again. It's not snowball, it's baseball. <laughs> Indeed it is. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Let's talk NFL Draft, shall we? And I know that you probably don't want me to remind you of what I just brought up, but let's go there again. Mel Kuyper is one of the, if not the most credible NFL Draft expert. I know he's been around for a while and you think, ah, oh, it's just one guy's opinion, but his opinion feels like it matters. Seems like it. A lot. Yeah. Yes, he's got Jaron Hall falling from the sixth best quarterback available all the way down to number 13. He's outside the top 10. Blake Freeland goes from fifth best offensive tackle down to number nine. Is this drop by Mel Kuyper for Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland a major cause of concern at this point? A concern because you're trending the, the wrong direction, but major, I'm not so sure. The, the combine is Saturday for Jaron Hall in Indianapolis. We'll learn a lot. We'll learn a lot about his ankle, his high ankle sprain, which sidelined him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, is that the reason he dropped? Is because he's got a questionable limb? We'll find out. Uh, and then the, the pro day coming up in, later in March. Uh, where, where Zach Wilson made such a big name for himself. There's another opportunity there. Coming out of those two things, if you're still trending that way, then, then there is cause for concern. Um, I'm a little bit surprised because nothing's really happened. So then why would someone drop that far uh, from week to week? But Kuiper's Kuiper. Here's why people should not freak out about Jaron Hall. Has he ever done an interview or had a sit-down conversation, especially in the public media, where you haven't left feeling like, man, he's a sharp kid. Right. Like, he just is super yeah. responsible. He's got such a sturdy head on his shoulders. No, he is so good in the interview process, and that's part of the scouting combine. These, these agents and uh, these scouts are gonna talk to Jaron Hall, and they're gonna be super impressed with just the way he handles things, yeah. the way the mature fashion that he answers tough questions. And that will help teams feel better about drafting Jaron Hall. The perfect scenario for him is to go and get himself into a position behind a tenured, experienced NFL quarterback where he can just soak in the knowledge of this veteran leader in front of him, and then you can begin to trust him some more. He's such a sturdy, mechanically... Uh, or mechanical, well-thought-out mind, that, that that's going to help. And I don't know if he's going to run the 40 with the high ankle sprain. I don't know how much he's going to do with the combine. But whatever he does, he'll be precise. He will be well-prepared. And, like, scouts are going to like him. We shouldn't be surprised by this. John Beck said uh, the other day, and, and Beck's been his off-season quarterback coach, um, that uh, what matters is, is to get drafted, doesn't matter where, and then what you do next. Now, he was drafted in the second round by the Miami Dolphins and was out after a year uh, because the scenario... Situation was awful. Was awful. Uh, we've seen Zach's not in the best scenario with the Jets. Uh, we'll see how that goes because he's going into his third season. But, but for, for Beck, he said, Jaron just needs to get drafted by a team that's going to give him reps all summer to move him along and, like you said, put him behind a veteran 
and, and let him study the NFL game. Winning in the NFL is different than winning in college. We've seen that clearly, especially with Zach. Um, and, and, and he's the one who went before Jaron. So there's plenty to learn uh, from, from Zach's experience to Jaron's experience. But you got to get drafted. You got to get in. And then once you get in, You're make, in. make the throws, kill the interviews, be the face of the program, and, and you're off to your professional job. Now, let's update you on the projected rankings. And this is according to a mock draft database that takes into account all of the major publications and some not-so-major publications with their NFL experts like moving their lists around and projecting all of the individual players. So Jaron Hall right now, and this is, this is like an average, a yeah. cumulative score here. He's a projected fourth-round pick. And that, that's including Mel Kuyper's latest drop to number 13. That seems pretty good. Like, would anybody, do we really care if Jaron Hall goes in the fourth round compared to the third round? No, not really. Like, if he drops to the sixth round, now it's like, ah, maybe he might not make a roster because you get to the sixth and seventh rounds and, like, your status is a little weird, right? But I don't feel like it matters if he's a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick. Ask Tyler Algier about being a fifth round pick. Think he maximized his opportunity? (laughs) Good grief. Blake Freeland is projected. As number 100 overall and a third-round pick, Puka Nakua is a projected fifth-round pick. He's the wild card. Puka's the wild card because he's not on anybody's charts, but we, we all know how phenomenal of an athlete he is. Combine's important for Puka. Pro Day's important for Puka because uh, he's, he's off the charts on the field, but he's not on the charts going into the draft. But somebody's going to get him. How high? Who knows? All of these guys still have opportunity because all are going to the NFL Combine to improve their stock and impress people. And then they've got BYU's NFL Pro Day coming up in late March as well. There's opportunity to go out and say, hey, I'm healthy now. I'm better. I'm looking fresh. I'm looking strong. Take a chance on me. Take a chance. Yeah. It's, okay. It is so far from time to like really worry about this because they're all still projected to be drafted. <laughs> if somebody had fallen off the board, like, ah, then that's not a good deal. Especially when you left early yes. to do it. No, they're all projected. They're, in, they're all in a, relatively speaking, good place with opportunities to move up. Let's tackle this topic on this Tuesday. What did BYU do in Saturday's win over San Francisco, which was very impressive, that can or at least has a good shot of carrying over to the WCC tournament for them starting Friday night? Well, I, I'm not going to put on BYU that the idea that they need to have 10 turnovers or fewer. That, that just... <laughs> That was such a fantastic statistical line from BYU in the win over San Francisco. Also out-rebounding your opponent by 20, and you have 13 more assists in San Francisco. You made your free throws. You make a ton of free throws. The, the things that I feel like are, are the easiest to carry over are, one, just general defensive mindset. It felt like BYU was re-engaged defensively. And after the Santa Clara game, Mark Pope said to me, I feel like... Our defensive identity has completely abandoned us. And that was majorly concerning because it's late in the season. Like, huh? The thing that BYU collectively has hung their hats on this season on the men's basketball side has been, we play defense, we can guard, we will throw out effort, and we will rebound like crazy. And that just kind of seemed to go away for about a five-game stretch. And it culminated in one of the worst performances of the season, probably the worst performance BYU had at home against Santa Clara, and now they bounce back a week later with this re-engaged defensive mentality. That is the thing that BYU can take. 
I know that playing in front of a Marriott Center crowd is going to be very different than playing in front of a few thousand people, especially in the early rounds of the West Coast Conference Tournament. But I feel like, Dave, they can take their defensive mindset and that energy and if, if, I guess the commitment to play defense. They can do that, and that will generate some positive things. So I, I start there. The challenge has been consistency. As good as they played against San Francisco, can they do that again Friday night? And if they can, they'll win Friday night. And you know what? They'll win Saturday night. And then Monday, you've got your shot against St. Mary's, who, who you've taken to the, to the limit on, in both games. You're not afraid of St. Mary's. St. Mary's probably more afraid of BYU because they've pushed them the way they pushed them. Um, and so it's all about, can they, can they do it again? And if they can do it again, and they leave the floor Friday, having played back-to-back -back solid games, that makes them dangerous the rest of the way. I mean, it's right there. But if they come out and do the opposite, which we've seen all season long, then that's it's why 17 norm, and 14 right? happens, yeah. then you can be eliminated Friday night and leave leaving them with the same questions that you had going into Saturday night's game. Can we put it together, keep it together, and play together? And I, you asked Mark Pope after the game, was this the first best complete game of the season? He said, I don't know if there is. It's like life. I yeah. don't know if there is a complete whatever. Constantly chasing it. But it was pretty close. Maybe as best as they played against a good team since, what, Utah? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the most complete performance that BYU has had since all the way back in December on the day of the New Mexico Bowl, December 17th. That was a good day for BYU fans. Yeah. And a credit to Mark Pope and his staff for getting them together and getting them focused yeah. after a four-game losing streak. Can they just, just pack that up? And, and take it to Las Vegas. We'll find out Friday night. But we're going to have a good time down there if they do. They don't even need to play better than an average game. Like, I feel San Diego and, I mean, Portland, th those teams have struggled. Like, BYU does, is not in a scenario where they're like, oh, man, they got to play their best game. they got to show up like they did against St. Mary's and, and Gonzaga. No, you know, it would be nice if they did. But just if you can be somewhat average on offense and play good defense – Dave, they're going to win this game by 8 to 10 points. And now we're saying, hey, it's a trend. Okay, The, de the defense is back. Now they're trending back-to-back -back games. LMU should be worried on Saturday if BYU shows up and plays with intensity and defense for what's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah, you need two witnesses. Once you get two or three witnesses, you're, you're locked in. <laughs> so they need a good Friday night. And, yeah, if, I see L if LMU is watching that Friday night going, okay, well, what's going to keep them from doing to us what they did in our last game with them on February 2nd, when they beat us by 29 points. Yeah. I mean, the, the pathway is good for BYU. Pack your defense, bring some consistency, good things should and go happen. for it. Yeah, rebound the basketball, play defense. Our question of the day is this. Does it matter to you, as we push back to football, to you which round BYU football guys get drafted in? Do you care? Are you, are you concerned about it on February 28th at DSpaz on Twitter? I love that handle. <laughs> I feel being drafted in the first round is extremely special. It is, and the money is special as well. Yeah. He continues, but I don't see a huge difference between rounds two through six. Just get drafted. I somewhat agree. I feel like the second round is, is still high level. Rounds three through five kind of feel like all one thing to me. And there's still some money in there. Sure. Tyler got paid. Yes, he There's did. There's money in there. Six and seven, it's like, ah, you're probably, even though you're drafted, you're really going to still have to fight for your spot to even make a practice squad. Yeah. 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 And so, after that, you're like, oh, should I left? <laughs> should I have come back for one more year? You know, and in 2020, after that COVID season, we had three guys go in the seventh round. All three 
played on rosters that year, and two of them are still around, yeah. Kairos Tonga and Dax Milne. So that's a real tribute and credit to, uh, to those guys for taking a risk and making it pay off. Coming up, season finale of BYU basketball with Mark Pope. That's at the end of this day. We're just firing up on a Tuesday. That's tonight at 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Hear from the coach on how the Cougars are preparing for the West Coast Conference Tournament later this week. And look, there's been a security breach. Oh, yeah. Up next, Skylar Halford. He's the first true recipient of the BYU Sports Nation karma. Legend in that realm. <laughs> He's going to discuss what goes into a successful tournament mentality. He's done it twice with BYU teams. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Johnson, three, good! And right up and in for Traore! We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. Alongside Dave McCann, I am Spencer Linton. I want all of you to rewind to January 4th, 2014. BYU men's basketball hosting San Diego. Mind you, we had Skylar Halford on the program that day, and BYU Sports Nation wasn't even on TV at that point, Dave. It was radio only. We were in beta <laughs> test mode at that point. It's Skylar with us on the program. He gave him some karma. Gave him some karma, all right. and all he did was go for 28 points on 11 of 16 shooting, made four threes, had three assists as well, and he did so efficiently in 26 minutes. Skylar Halford, the original Carver Thank you. I am just so glad that I get, I mean, I was just asking Spencer before this, I was like, are we gonna live this 20 years from now? And Forever. Hey, that's the way I'll be a legend. Not like, you know, Ty, Jimmer, they can have the legend that way. I'm gonna be the karma legend. That was, <laughs> the important thing is you had a moment. Yes. I had a moment. You had a moment. So many <laughs> people don't get moments. We got so many tweets that, like after you went for so 20, funny. so many people on social media were like, so funny. the karma's a real thing. <laughs> Skylar Halford went nuts. The coincidence, how funny. That, that was fun, good times. So we're at the best time of year, March, for a yes. basketball fan. Everybody's got a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. uh, how does the mentality shift from a 16-game regular season fight to four days? Yeah, and it, it gosh, it's in one. It's crazy to think that it's in four days. I'm just like, it's so lucky those guys have that Sunday day off, because it is a grind. I just remember when we were playing, guys are on massage tables, like guys are getting treatment every day because your body takes a hit. Um, but the mentality is is this, at least for me. March is here and the opportunity is there. You, no matter where you sit in the seating, the opportunity is there and it's so exciting for all the players, the team, and you just have that, we could make it to the NCAA tournament. And I think that's the mentality and that's the excitement and that's the hope. And as a player, that's what gets you ultra focused. BYU is the five seed, which ties the lowest seed that they have been in going <clears throat> back with last year. So they play on Friday, but we all feel and me have been probably the most vocal about it, that it lines up well in terms of matchups. March, to me, is so much about matchups. Yeah. BYU had great success against Portland and San Diego, but mm -hmm. they're different teams this time around. They, too, are playing with just an added level of desperation. So that first game, and as you look at what BYU could potentially face, how do you feel about the Cougars' bracket lineup in Las Vegas? 
Yeah, as a five seed where they're at, they're in the best position they possibly could be. Like as a five seed to make it to that championship game, semifinals, championship game, give themselves a chance. I mean, this is as good a road as you're going to get, I think, for them. Um, granted, you know, like you said, every team is playing, you know, a little bit different right now as before when BYU played them. But there's a chance. There's a really good chance, I feel, that they could get to that St. Mary's game. But you hate looking ahead. As a player and a coach, just that it comes back inside. I'm like, something's telling me to stop talking right now. Just focus on the first one. <laughs> we spent a lot of time developing players. Uh, a basketball team, like the current one for BYU, as they arrive at this point, they are what they are. Yeah. Uh, it, there's no time to change who you are, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like Saturday. Shore up some things, play hard, and, and, and you can win. But there's, there's no time to go, we need to be somebody different. Right. Yeah, I mean, you are who you are, but I feel like you have ebbs and flows within who you are. And I think right now, BYU's playing in a place where, uh, for example, just a couple of names that come to my mind are like Rudy. Rudy Williams right now is on a, a you know, his ebbs and flows. Right now, he's traje his trajectory is upward. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, he's, got, he's had like five turnovers in his last four games. Like, those are stats that you want for your point guard. Yeah. And I feel like as far as that thing goes, like this year they've had turnover issues. But I feel like right now um, they're in that ebb and flow, the part where they are heading in the right direction. Okay. That, could, that could be positive for them and help them play into getting a little bit further in the tournament. Is there something that's, I hate to use the word fixable, because yeah. we're late <clears throat> in the season. It's yeah. late. But is there something that BYU can tweak to maintain an upward trajectory? If, if so, what is the aspect of the game that you feel like BYU can somewhat fix or tweak going yeah. to Vegas? Yeah, I think for me, when I watch them and uh, when they are playing a little bit more up-tempo, so when they try and get some easy baskets in transition, those easy baskets add up over the long term. I know Coach Pope likes to play in the half court and they do a really good job there as well. But, for example, like Rudy Williams, I think I heard recently when I was watching one of the games, he's like number one in the, in the WCC for offensive transition efficiency or something like that. And, and I just think there's little things like that that maybe you give a little bit of an uptick and like a little bit of an up-tempo type style. And then that frees up guys like Jackson Robinson, um, Spencer Johnson, uh, Rudy himself, just to get some three-point baskets. I'm going to just put this out there. I know we're not – we haven't – proven to be the best three-point shooting team. If they're going to win this tournament, they have to shoot well Absolutely. from the three-point line. It's and, just And the Orleans hasn't been, uh, no matter what year it is, BYU's favorite place to shoot. Yeah. It's in that tournament, we've had great shooters go in there, and, and uh, it's just different. Yeah, and you need that. I mean, you have to be able to shoot the ball from the three-point line. Well, if, if BYU shoots 20% or less from the three-point line, they will not win this tournament. Like 20, I mean, maybe even 30. Like, they probably need to shoot above 30% from the three-point line, in my opinion, to win this whole thing. And I think the way you do that is in transition, you get some easy open looks for those guys that I mentioned before. And Foose is going to be Foose. You need Foose to be Foose sure. down low and get his 10 to 20 points a game. But I think those other guys, March is always about guard play. It just, it's just how it goes. I thought uh, one of the key stats coming out of Saturday's game, and you were talking about it um, on the post-game show, is the rebounding, yeah. where, where, where BYU reminded themselves they can out-rebound a taller team, even by 20, which they did on Saturday. Yeah. You don't have to re out-rebound every team by 20, but every team is taller, mm -hmm. uh, and so that fight has to be down there on the glass 
to hold your own. Yep. You got Gideon is going to play a huge role, I think, or needs to on the offensive and defensive end for rebounding. And, and that's a, that's a given rebounding. They've got to win the rebounding game, especially being as, you know, smaller, a smaller team. But for me, you know, guys like Gideon who are athletic have the ability to really get up there and get some rebounds, I think will be crucial. Yeah, as well for them to make it far. Skylar Halford is with us on BYU Sports Nation. If it's not rebounding, what is it that BYU can take down to Las Vegas that they can sustain from just such a great performance in San Francisco on Saturday? What, what is the easiest to take with them to Vegas? For me, it's the, it's the fact that um, your guards are taking care of the ball. Like, that is something that I feel like right now, and I mentioned this before, like Rudy has had only five turnovers in the last, his last four games. Um, and I don't know, I'm talking a lot about Rudy, but I just, that's what keeps coming to my mind. And well, it's about guard play. It that's is. That's why you're going there. And Dallin Hall does a great job too. I just feel like they're, they complement each other really well. Uh, Dallin does a really good job, I feel like, in the half court and the pick and roll and taking care of the ball that way. And I feel like for whatever reason, Rudy does a really good job in transition, finding the right guys, making the right play, getting the free throw line. For heaven's sakes, he was at the free throw line like 16 times yeah. in that game. Yeah. Made 15 of them. Made 15 of them. And for me, it's just continuing that where, where you're at. Just do what you're doing right now. Play the way you're playing. I mean, and I feel like Rudy, I was just looking, I was curious what Rudy's was like in their tournament last year, like with uh, Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina. He was so good. He averaged like 20 and a half points a game. And I don't know, maybe tournament time is his time. And so I'm hoping that, I guess that's my sure, hope, sure. is that that comes up. What's a number that they can sustain in the turnover mark? Is 14 or fewer good enough? Oh. Because they had 10 on Saturday, and that was like, oh, that was great. Yeah. It was an outlier. I know. To win, I mean, you talk about playing in the later games, you're gonna, I think you're going to have to be like 10 maybe 11 to okay. win, Okay. to win. If we're talking win, I mean, they might be able to get away with 14 or fewer against a Portland, San Diego, or maybe even a Loyola, depending on how far they go there. But a St. Mary's and a Gonzaga is, to me, it has to be 10 or fewer to win. You went four and two in WCC tournaments, ran into Gonzaga in the championship Gosh. games, back-to-back -back oh, seasons. Yeah. One year they ranked number two, and then they were all the way back to seven, I think, on the second mm -hmm. year. So the Zags are still there, and they're, they're still the beasts of, of this thing. Yes. But uh, as you guys marched through, mm -hmm. how much fun was it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. March Madness, conference tournaments, March Madness. As a kid, that is what you dream of. That's the thing you want to do the most. And when you get in there, everything's just different. The feel's different. <laughs> you don't have to, like, I wasn't thinking about school. I'm just going to put it out. Like, I wasn't thinking about school. I wasn't thinking about <laughs> anything else. Your mind is free. You're playing the game you love. And the opportunity is there to fulfill that dream of playing in an NCAA tournament. And so that's why, gosh, it's just a magical time. Fans are traveling down to Vegas. You've got, you've got all your people there. And... Gosh, every game is just it feels like a nail biter to get to the end. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. What's the key to creating your own energy? Because the Marriott Center, come on, <clears throat> it is a special place. Yeah. It was special on Saturday night. I mean, almost 16,000 showed up to watch a team that was 6-9 and nine mm -hmm. in conference play going into that scenario. Yeah. And it, it felt like BYU may as well have been in first or second place. It, right. it, was, it was electric, to say the least. Mm -hmm. But now you go to Vegas and the Orleans Arena, you're playing in an early game. I mean, there will be a few thousand fans there. Right. Very different. Mm -hmm. How do you manufacture your own energy? Gosh, I, I, what comes to my mind is a practice. Coach Pope it was an assistant at the time when I was there. And I remember he pulled me, Chase Fisher, and Ty aside. 
And he just said, the energy in this building has to be there today. And I mean, we practice in the Marriott Center. There's not a single person there. You know, maybe a few reporters or whatever. But, and that, I remember... It, it comes from your leaders. So, you know, the senior leadership in Rudy, Gideon, Spencer Johnson, I think is a big time leader here. Those guys, you know, I think they need to be a little bit more vocal. They need to show up. And, and I, I get it. Not everybody's emotional. You don't have to be emotional. But I think when you see a captain, somebody be a little bit emotional when you're in those situations, it fires you up. And that's really big, I think, for some of the younger players playing that haven't been in this to kind of calm some of the nerves, go making some of those plays, being emotional. I mean, that's how I did it. I just, I just got all pumped up and excited, yelling, <laughs> screaming. But yeah, that was what worked for me. A year from now, when you're back, mm -hmm. talking about the Sports Nation karma yeah, again, because yeah. that doesn't go away. Naturally. We'll be talking about Kansas City and getting ready for the Big 12 tournament, yes. which feels like uh, <laughs> a, on a different planet than, yes. than the WCC. And there's not a lot of time to make that kind of mm -hmm. a jump. Yeah. Forecast what's going from here to there. You know, it's going to be a big offseason, and I think regardless of who you can get in the offseason player-wise, uh, every player, whoever is on this roster, you know, going into next season has to have a new uh, commitment to player development. Like it just has to be top of the line. You've got to get yourself better from where you are and you're going to have great, exp I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to put them out of the, you know, I never am going to say they're not going to make it. They can't perform and do well in the big 12. I, I just don't, that's not my philosophy. I, I believe that anything can happen, but yeah, it's going to be a big challenge, but it's going to be a great learning curve for them. First year in, it's mm -hmm. going to be amazing to have teams like Kansas, Oklahoma right. state, Kansas state, all, all those teams come here, mm -hmm. see how we do against those big teams here and then get that opportunity there. For, so there's a lot of work to be done, but um, I think it'll be, I think the guys are up to the challenge. It just so happens you specialize in player development. Yeah. In fact, you're rocking the Halford hoops. Yes, sir. Here, okay? <laughs> precision therapy. Yes. So what, what's happening in your life and, and what is Halford hoops all about? Yeah. So I've been doing that ever since I graduated back in 2015, doing skills training with players in the area, worked with old teammates uh, when I was here at BYU. And I, I love that. It's my favorite thing is just learning how to develop players and, and um, make them help them reach their goals and dreams, essentially. But then it's kind of evolved within the last year. I got my license and now I'm a doctor of physical therapy. And so now... Do Halford, we need to say Dr. Halford? You don't need to, no. <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> no, you don't need to. But yeah, I got my doctorate in uh, February of last year. Been practicing for a year now. And just kind of getting it, trying to get it to be the one-stop shop for all hoopers where they can come and get rehab, performance therapy, they can get basketball skills training and trying to, as a player for me, I would, would have loved something like that. I mean, yeah. I had great performance trainers and coaches, but I'm trying to put it in one place to kind of help everybody develop in the area. So it's been so much fun. It's, it's a ride. It's, it's been a good time though. Incredible. Yeah. I, I guess Googling Halford Hoops will yeah, get the job done. You'll find it. Yeah. That's fantastic. There's a Dr. J already. We've got Dr. H. Okay. Dr. Halford. Dr. Sky. Dr. Sky. <laughs> whatever you guys want. Sky, Dr. Sky, whatever you guys want. Let's go. He's a karma legend and just a great dude overall, Skyler Halford. Thanks for hanging out with hey, us. Hey, thanks so much, guys. It was so much fun to be here with you. Good you to it. see you. We'll be in Vegas later this week. Full coverage of the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships. It starts up on Thursday. BYUSN live in Vegas, four games that day, four games Friday.
two women's games Saturday and two on Monday. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's We're not we going to sleep for. much. <laughs> no, we are not. Probably a lot of junk food in between. It's tournament time right here on BYU TV. Hey, apparently fans love those black uniforms that BYU rocked in Las Vegas, of all places, and those sweet helmets. Should they come back at least one game every year? Man, they're sharp. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get real con great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Dave McCann. I am Spencer Linton. I have a TikTok account. Dave does not. It's time we get Dave on the I, I had one, and then I got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, this isn't for me. But someday I'll rethink it. Let's go. <laughs> and let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Oklahoma State unveiled their vision plan for athletics, and it's impressive. If money wasn't an issue, what would be the first build you'd make on the BYU campus as we move on into the Big 12. I'm inclined to want to upgrade both of the major facilities, the Marriott Center and Lavelle Edwards Stadium, specifically with suites, yeah. and just make that experience next level. But I think there's something that I would do even before that. There's this sleeping giant across University Avenue at Provo High School, the old Provo High School that BYU bought for $10 million a number of years ago. What the heck is gonna happen there? I think that a new Smithfield House type building would just do wonders for athletics. I don't know what sports you put over there. Maybe you build a new soccer stadium and you have a new Smithfield House type building. Just more development for the Olympic sports. Yeah. And that would free up the current buildings. And now, you know, you don't have as many teams trying to compete in the indoor practice facility with each other. Maybe you build another indoor practice facility across the street and you have two. And so you have that much more opportunity and room for your teams to just grow and develop and not have to overlap and the schedules don't get so crazy. It's a great idea. I think I would start by going to the locker room at Lavelle Edwards Stadium mm -hmm. and making it a, a palatial experience. 100%. I was in there last summer interviewing uh, Jim McMahon. He looked around and he goes, this looks just like it was when I was here. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked around, I'm thinking, that's got to be a problem. It's time. Uh, the, the student athletic building is state of the art, uh, but that, that football locker room might start there. Uh, but, but you got much bigger visions and dreams for that property over there. I, I think that that's a great idea. It's a sleeping giant, huge space that BYU could do. And as an Orem Tiger, with. I'd like to see anything Provo High just just done away with. <laughs> they got Don't their demolished. own new school. <laughs> Lauren Gustin of BYU Women's Basketball set the single season BYU rebounding record last or yesterday. She broke the WCC record earlier this season. Dave, will she break the single game rebounding record of 28 before she's done at BYU? Her career high is 24 rebounds in a single game. I think so. Because she's been there, knocking on the door of 23-24. Um, the competition's going to get a lot better next year with Big 12 teams, but there's still a, a swath of non-conference games uh, where she can be in matchups where she can dominate. Uh, she had 20, what, 24 rebounds yesterday as we watched her work. Um, she is... Uh, She's phenomenal, a phenomenal talent at rebounding the basketball. That record had stood for about 42 years. T 
Tina Gunn's records don't get broken at BYU. And we were both sitting there when she broke it yesterday. And you're yeah. like, wow. Yeah, she's a special player for sure. Yeah. 28 is a ton. That requires a ton of missed shots as well from an opponent. But consider, remember, twice this year, maybe three times, I know twice, she out-rebounded an entire, entire team. Teams. Yeah, no. So maybe she can, you know, if there's a little more size, which is coming next year, which could free her off, maybe not getting triple teamed on a box out. She'll be a little more freer to grab some. Tell you what, I'm going to say no just to motivate her, Dave. And it will. I'm going to say no. Now you no. picked her off. No, she won't get <laughs> break the single game rebounding record. And now hopefully that motivates her to go and do That's it. That's reverse sports nation yeah. karma. Come on, let's go. All right, the BYU black uniforms worn against Notre Dame have been voted as the Uniswag uniform of the year. Oh, they're so, they're so sharp. Should BYU wear these black unis at least once a year? So make it an annual thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And which game on this year's schedule would you want to see them? Uh, 100% it needs to be senior night against Oklahoma in mid to late November. I think it's November 18th. So yes. if the Cougs came out in those and Oklahoma was in their whites At, with the red Oh trim. my goodness. Yes, Oklahoma can wear their white jerseys and their red helmets and BYU can be in the all black. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go. November can't get here soon enough. Join us tomorrow for the home finale. BYU Gymnastics taking on Alaska. They've come down here to get in the snow. <laughs> this is a balmy 30 degrees for the Seawolves. Fortunately, we're indoors. 1 o'clock Eastern time on the BYU TV app. You'll be on the call there for the home finale, BYU Gymnastics. Up next, she runs fast with the pole and then vaults herself into the air. Higher than any other woman at BYU. Kaylee Faulkner is in studio next. Is she partially insane? Maybe to do this, <laughs> but she's really good at it. Stay with us. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Dave McCann. It is our privilege now to welcome in a BYU record breaker. She is Kaylee Faulkner, and she pole vaults better than most. Kaylee, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Now, a second ago, you told us that you rode your scooter <laughs> to come and participate in this interview. Mind yes. you... It's freezing outside, and there's snow and ice on the ground. So can you walk us through how you managed to ride a scooter through those conditions? Um, yeah, you know, it is pretty icy out, so <laughs> it's pretty slippery. Actually, I don't know if I want my coach to know I did this. <laughs> you, you probably don't. But <laughs> let's keep it on the down low. Nobody's but... watching. Nobody's okay, watching. Okay, good. Listen, you're living on the edge because yes. you're a pole vaulter. Yeah. And uh, riding your scooter over here on the ice <laughs> or, uh, or leaping uh, 14 and a half feet up into the air. Uh, that makes you one of the most fascinating student athletes on campus. Why do you do that? You know, I just, I love the adrenaline riding scooters on ice, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, just the type of person I am, I guess. Yeah, clearly, you have no fear. Uh, we've we've <laughs> adequately determined this. <laughs> but you do it at such a high level, speaking of the pole vault. And I, I love to discuss, like, the history of athletes in unique sports because... Everyone's got kind of a unique story of how they got into pole vault. So for you, when did it begin and why did you even attempt it at first? Yeah, so I did track and field kind of all throughout high school. And when I started my freshman year, I did high jump and I thought that was fun. And then I did long jump my sophomore year and that was cool too. But I always thought that pole vault just looked really fun. <laughs> and that was like the only thing that my mom was like, 
oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I was like, mom, it looks crazy. Like, why not? Isn't it always so. a parent? Like, if your parent tells you not to do it. And yeah. Then like, yeah, then now, now, I'm gonna, I'm, now I'm going to do it. That's what yeah, I'm of course. <laughs> so take us through a, a, a pole vaulting experience. From the minute you've got the, you've got the pole and you take off, what, what's going through your mind as you're about to make a, a leap that, uh, that's going to qualify you for nationals? Yeah. So I was, I mean, my last jump at the last meet, I was pretty nervous. I had some anxiety. So I was at the end of the runway kind of just reminding myself of my cues and like taking some deep breaths, encouraging myself, being like, okay, you can do it. Just, just <laughs> run and do it, you know? Um, but yeah, and then I just started running, did my plant, did my swing, and went over the bar. I was really relieved. Is there time up there for you to look at the bar and kind of see where you're at? And you know, I'm going into the bar, I'm going over the bar. Yeah. What's going on up there? Um, so when I'm up there, I think what you want, you never really want to be looking at the bar as you're going up. So I think like after I got over it, I did brush the bar a tiny bit. And so it was bouncing a little bit as I was falling. And so that, you know, that made me nervous, but I could see it wobbling as I was falling onto the pit, so. Wow, Kaylee Faulkner is yeah. with us on BYU Sports Nation. You cleared, and we're gonna get the numbers right here, 4.40 meters or 14.525 feet to win the event. You break your own school record. And I kind of want to go back to what Dave was talking about, like the mentality. But specifically, what are your mental and visual cues from the time you start down the path to the time you land on the mat? Okay, yeah. Um, so when I'm standing at the end of the runway, I like to think big plant, big bottom arm, big swing, pop off the top. That's kind of what I tell myself. And if I remember those things, usually... I'll be able to have a pretty good vault. But yeah, I say those things to myself as I'm at the end of the runway. And then right before I go, I just like to give myself a little bit of encouragement and just tell myself I can do it. And then it makes me relax a little bit and I can go. What's the feeling after you clear the bar and you're about to land down below on your back having done it? Yeah, it's just, honestly, like I don't, for me at least, I don't really think anything can compare to it. It's just like complete relief yeah. and like satisfaction almost. Just like when you're able to have a vault that you feel really good about and that you can get upside down in and just like finesse the pole almost. Like it's just, I've never felt anything like it, but. It feels awesome. It's like that Tom Petty song, Free Falling. Yeah. <laughs> Once you clear the bar, then you're just like, ah, I'm done. Into the mat. I'm, I'm just glad we had a Tom Petty reference on the show today. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, like it's been a great one. show. Go look up Tom Petty, <laughs> Free Falling, if you're not familiar with that song. <laughs> we'll go look. Well, I know that song. Okay, you know. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Because he enjoys the Free Falling. You've been cultured. Yes, okay? yes. I worry My about some of the well. other and younger generation. <laughs> Eighth best vault nationally. And... Uh, I'm going to read this verbatim. You are the first female back-to-back -back conference champion in BYU women's track and field program history. Yes. So you've accomplished a lot already. What's next on your progression chart, and what goal are you chasing now? Um, well, I guess I'm hoping to get more consistent with my jumps. And so 
obviously nationals is up next and you know I want to do good there and I want to feel good about my performance and whether that's just having good form when I'm jumping or remembering my cues um, I'm just you know I want to do good there and feel good about it so as a freshman All-American right mm -hmm. took 14th last year mm -hmm. uh, so of course the goal is to finish first <laughs> as you're done as you as you make that climb but what a fantastic start as a freshman yeah. there's only a couple more spots left on your list before you go I want to be the national champion mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think last year it was so amazing to get to go especially as a freshman I didn't expect to be able to do that my first year but you know I definitely wanted a little bit more out of that meet and so I feel like this time I have the opportunity to achieve that and to you know do what I came here to do. We were looking at um, the Olympic record before you came in oh. uh, which is two feet I think uh, higher mm -hmm. from, from your current spot so as you progress when do you decide okay we're going up three more inches we're gonna go up another how, how does that work uh, you know to to getting better in a, in a thing like the pole vault? Um, I think as far as deciding the bar progression it's just kind of talking with my coaches and my teammates too. I have amazing teammates who help me look at film and you know we all help each other and so I think that's a really cool thing about our team but it's just kind of seeing how high you are over the last bar, what bar you want to make, what you're going for, and like also what your step is, how far you're penetrating, what your grip on your pole is. There's a lot of different variables that go into it. Yeah. So it's a science. It, it really is a fascinating sport. And to be clear for those watching on BYU Sports Nation, if you finish top eight, you're a first team All-American. Mm -hmm. And that is track wide. So like just getting to the final heat, if you will, yeah. or being in the top eight, that gives you first team status. Um, I, I, we need to ask because we, we read your bio and <laughs> we, we've learned that you love tamales. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So naturally we want to know, is, is that like your go-to day of the meat meal? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> we also debated whether it was hot tamales or tamales tamales. Um, definitely real tamales. Okay. Um, I think I wasn't taking my track bio super seriously at the time of filling it out. So I just, I do love tamales. Okay. And there's actually a lady around my apartment complex and she'll come like every other week and sell tamales. I love it when that happens. <laughs> nice, yeah, it's great. <laughs> but, you know, I guess I'm just a tamale girl. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Wrong. Shout, wrong. shout out to uh, Kaylee Faulkner and shout out to her tamale lady. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, what, whatever's working, it's, it's working. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished. Um, here's how this works. You visit us on the show. We give you BYU Sports Nation karma. It allows you to compete at an even higher level. Quite literally, in this and instance, <laughs> literally and figuratively, a higher level. So now you got the BYU Sports Nation karma. We can't wait to see what you do. Uh, your next opportunity. Good luck. Well, thank you so much. It was awesome being here. Best of luck at nationals. Thank you. Kaylee Faulkner with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dave, I'm just waiting for you to pull vault. You good with that? <laughs> Let's wait till it gets a little warmer. <laughs> okay. I'm going to need some time to loosen up. Uh, but best of luck ahead.
Oh, Fantastic. Great to have you here. BYU TV will be in Las Vegas for the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. It is what we do. The men's and women's openers on Friday. You'll see right here. The women take on either Santa Clara or Pepperdine at 3 Eastern time. The men will face either San Diego or Portland at 9 Eastern. Watch them live from Las Vegas on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. We're in the business of creating positive vibes, so our Top 5 Tuesday will focus on the Top 5 individual West Coast Conference basketball tournament performances next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Heads up for Thursday. It's a top five Thursday yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're calling an audible just to go with the beginning of the West Coast Conference Tournament. So why not move Top 5 Tuesday to Top 5 Thursday when we tip off? Plus we talk too much, too. Yeah, yeah, we, we also did that. <laughs> There's that thing. <laughs> it's going to be an awesome Thursday. Our question of the day goes back to football. Does it matter to you which round BYU football guys get ultimately drafted in? Bradley Perkins on Facebook says, just as long it's before, as it's before round eight. Wise. Uh, mind you, there are seven rounds. <laughs> okay. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX. Healthcare Elevated. Caleb Plew on Instagram says, not really. I've seen first picks go to waste, and I've seen last picks go very far. Just get those guys on a team. Get on a team. Get paid to play the game you love. Have a life. That's yeah. the goal. That's so, the dream. Before all that, have a good combine this week. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're giving it to Lauren Gustin for setting the BYU single season rebounding record. Congratulations. Amazing. Fantastic. Our thanks to today's guests, Skylar Halford and Kaylee Faulkner. Conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all our shows are on demand at BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Shauna Robach. We'll see you tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs!